Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars with regards to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the fine folks at Double Exposure and their leading game design convention, Metatopia, from which all of these panels were recorded at Metatopia 2017. It's also thanks to the generous contributions of the panel speakers. Now let's get to the show. Episode 162, Art for Your Game Without Breaking the Bank. Presented by Jack Para, Scott Bowmanchester, and Lizanne Lake. Mm-hmm. All right, so is everyone here for the uh, Art on a Budget meeting? Okay. So basically, I have a, a loose outline for this, and then we like to do Q and A. It tends to be the best way to do it, and then you get the specific information that you're looking for. Are y'all game designers? Yeah. No. With an artist, but I also have a number of friends who are game designers and trying to mm-hmm. negotiate that <laughs> bridge, right? Oh, that's awesome. That was 20 years ago, but it's still relevant. (laughs) So I guess we'll start with uh, introducing ourselves. Hi, I'm Lizanne Lake. I've been a gaming artist for, oh, I don't know, over 30 years. And um, I do book covers, magazines, murals, anything that pays. I'm a full-time freelance illustrator. My name is Jack Para. I've uh, done work for Metal Magic and Lore, mm-hmm. representing today, um, and also uh, Fire at Will, and I just finished a, a kid's novel called uh, The Intergalactic Adventures of the Rainy River Bees. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's <laughs> really it's cool. A ma- it's a mouthful, but it's a cool title. Um, Which and, reminds me, I'll probably give him one And, <laughs> and uh, I did the t-shirt art for Dexcon 15 and 16. I'm Scott Bowmanchester. Um, I also did one of the t-shirts for Dexacon. Um, I've done mural work. I've done uh, a few games now. Um, and and I work part-time uh, at this, but I love every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, normally what we do is we go over some of the process. So. In this type of thing, it's like where do you, where do you find the the artists? Like you know, you're looking for inexpensive art. Um, a good place to find them is uh, online, like DeviantArt or Facebook or anything like that. If you know, or you can go to conventions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talk to people face to face. That always helps. And galleries as well, because there's always oh, yeah, artists there. Galleries. Yeah. Your, slew of yeah, awesome your artists. choices there are to use an untried artist, which means you're probably going to get the work late. All right, or use somebody who comes with recommendations from somebody else. Your friends, there's other game designers here. You're at a convention full of game designers. Pick up a game. Say, hey, I like this artist. Who is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ask. Go to face. You can go on Facebook if the person has worked before. I guess they're probably reliable if they work steady. If they've worked uh, once or not at all, you're going to have to talk to them. 
We're going to have to do a lot of yeah. conversing with them to make sure they know what's what. Yeah, actually, some maybe you'll look out and the artist will come to you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I got the work with Metal Magic and Lore because they were here playing a game, and I like the art from the game. So I'm like, do you need artists? Mm-hmm. And then they came and saw my stuff, and you know now we're working together for the third or fourth time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, your artists come in different styles. So you want to find somebody who does your style. You don't want to find somebody who, and try to make them do your style. You want somebody close enough or who's flexible enough. People who do a lot of styles are going to be a little more pricey than people who do one style. So I'd suggest finding somebody who works basically in your style to start with and adapting. Yeah, I'm one of the people who works in many styles, and I usually tell like a prospective mm-hmm. client that pick something I've done mm-hmm. that you like, mm-hmm. and that gives me an idea of what you're looking for and how much time it takes me. Yeah. I have, and, I think you do too. I have a Facebook page of my art and photos yeah. and albums, and you can just say, go here. This is probably something you like. Scan through the album, see what kind of work you like, and I get some idea of what they're looking for. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's finding artists. Uh, uh-huh. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's interactive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vague idea of what you mean by style. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I'm learning more. My son takes classes at Cooper's. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nice. He comes back and, and tells me things. But... Uh, maybe for others that may not even have a glimmering, could you help define that? Uh, okay, sure. Um, a lot, like, like Jack actually just finished a project. It was more cartoony. Uh-huh. It was a more of a cartoony style. Um, but he also does very serious paintings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I do that as well. And um, like the, the 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 range will be anywhere from a lot of detail to no to very big cartoony detail yeah, yeah. yeah I, I range from from comic like on average comic mm-hmm. style or cartoony style to super realistic portraits yeah where so. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't I don't prefer the cartoony style but I do do line drawings yes if the project things and I'm pretty photorealistic when I get uh, to a, a big painting yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome too. <laughs> I can't do cartoons very well. <laughs> so make sure the artist can do what you want. Yeah. I'm not a cartoonist, okay. but I'm a photorealistic yeah. painter. I do fantasy mm-hmm. and stuff. So it would be hard for me to fit into the cartoon style and hard for some other people to do photorealism. And odds are the artist will be a more proficient and, and quicker at stuff they already do because if you try if you get an artist to do something mm-hmm. they're not used to they have to figure they, out. they can do it but they'll have to figure it out and it'll take more time yeah Joe Cooper you know that's a comic book style mm-hmm. which I'm yeah semi-proficient in comic book style and even not as e- fast as a comic artist and even yeah. even in the comic book style in, um, industry there's several different styles in that as well yes, yeah. yes. so you know it's, the it's, general look of the, yeah. the piece like the mm-hmm do you know like Teen Titans Go? Okay, well, it is a style. You may not it like a, it, but right, it's right, a style. Right, but it's, uh, it's just an example. It is a style. And then, uh, then, you, then you do something like um, George Perez's, who is very, very detailed. Yeah. <laughs> or Drie, Ian yeah. Watson. 
the European artists who are like insane with the little lines. Mm -hmm. You've seen some of the European comics. Some of the Japanese ones, you could... A manga style. Yeah. Manga is another style. Manga, yes. So right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does yeah. that answer your question? Does that help? Well, yeah. it probably yeah, helps okay. some. Yes, if you have a question, basically shout mm -hmm. out. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes, which is a good segue yeah, into yeah. Uh, I'll give you another some point. quick advice. If you're doing black and white drawings, paintings, you have to be careful. Every step in the process will add black to your picture. So you have to correct or not have so many, find a way not to have so many steps in the process or you end up with a big black mess on the page. Um, that, so she brought up a, a good point, which is a good segue into a way to keep your budget down. Black and white is almost always cheaper than color mm -hmm. because it takes less time. Not, not only time for the artist, but it's actually better for you because of printing costs too. Because black and white is most often cheaper to print than color. Mm -hmm. If you have a digital product, there's no reason to do black and white. You can find somebody who does small color. It's going to look better on the digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, true as well. You look funny with the uh, black and white on digital. Um, often a good approach is to do a color cover and black and white interiors. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the color will still get that pop and get you that interest, but you'll still have the other illustrations inside. Is there a cost difference or... So originally my son <clears throat> refused to do anything other than on paper. Mm -hmm. And then his school required him to have an iPad mm -hmm. to do his schoolwork. So he started doing more of his drawing on the iPad. So now he's doing mm -hmm. more on the iPad. So he, he's now starting to prefer to do more digital work. Um, for delivery of your product, is there a cost difference for you or a time difference? Um, so when we know when asked, is it a physical product, is it a digital product? I have a strange old device. It's called a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I make very high quality pictures using this lamp called the sun. And I send them to my publisher. And that's yep. what the book covers and everything yep. are printed mm -hmm. from. If a publisher, oh, sorry, go no, on. they have requirements. Whether yeah. it's um, usually a high quality JPEG now, it used to be a GIF and things. But how much, how many pixels, how big the file has to be? Yeah, if yeah. if a public, if, like the bigger publishers, they have like mm -hmm. they want original art, files of original art, like Magic. I know mm -hmm. they used to actually have you send them the art and they would do it themselves oh, yeah. with a really high-end camera. I think yeah, I think it's depending what you want for your game. Um, it, it, I think it's important to remember that digital, because I've I've done both, and um, it has its own has its own just like any medium, it's its own medium. Digitally, yeah. you can yeah. paint on a digital yeah, surface right. normally. It, yeah. yeah. Magic and the other card games used to have them send because otherwise you would have to do this thing, make a big slide called a transparency, which I have many of. Right. I've been working so long. Right, and right. You have to send them the transparency, 
And they usually had scan beds or rollers in the case of some companies, mm -hmm. and they just put the picture on it and um, make the scans of their own. Can I get down to some of the nuts and bolts of how to get cheap art, though? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second uh, rights. Um. Well, one more. Th one more well, thing. Well, no, okay. She had a question. Okay. You have a question? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. I lost my train of thought. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you have an outline for the morning. Yeah, this was something not on the outline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, digital versus uh, mm -hmm. traditional. Well, it was just in relation to the delivery of the art. Occasionally, if you have an extra large piece, there might be an extra charge to do it. Like I had a twenty-four by thirty-six, and I discussed with a with the the clients first. Like I'll do this as little pieces and kind of cut it together, oh, or okay. or I can do one really large piece. But I would need someone. I would need you to cover the cost of the expensive scan. Why? Why don't you just take a picture with a good camera? It works. Or, uh, <laughs> that what the quality they needed was beyond what kind of camera capabilities I had. Oh, you didn't have the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've gotten. I keep upgrading my camera to take the megapixel mega files that mm -hmm. are needed for various products. You need really mm -hmm. need to get a good camera. It's mm -hmm. on your. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so the next uh, thing is she was about to get into is yeah. rights. There's mm -hmm. different levels of rights. Um, full rights will be very, very expensive, which means you have you basically pay for the rights to do you know, your product, your main product, merchandising, mm -hmm. everything you want with the piece. Well, the full rights are the artist owns no rights to the piece. Mm -hmm possibly for promotional use for themselves, maybe not. And um, the person who buys it owns all rights to the piece. This is things like the Tolkien estate, which I've worked for, wants all rights to the piece. All I have is print rights and promotional rights to the piece. I, can't, I can sell my piece, I can't reprint it anywhere, I can't resell it anywhere, mm -hmm. I can't resell it. I've seen it in scenes in the movies, the pieces, but, you know, they have rights to reuse the piece. That's why they had a lot of storyboards from the movie. They had this card game, and they just started <laughs> picking it. Um, big yeah. companies, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, Upper Deck, Microsoft, Age and of Empires. They want all rights to the piece. Yeah, a lot. Sometimes they keep the piece. A lot of new, especially a lot of new game designers think all of a sudden, oh, I need full rights, I need full rights, I need mm -hmm. full rights. You don't need that. We're going to charge you a premium for full rights uh -huh. because yeah, we basically have no other way of making money off that, uh -huh. that work yeah. anymore. And our name and I going to be attached to it, so. Um, the name should still, full rights, the name should still be, be attached. attached um, there's something called work for hire, which, which, oh, yeah. which no freelancer in the right mind should take no. unless, unless like it's a major, major, a major, major bucks. deal. Yeah. Big mega work, level. Work for, work for hire basically not it gives you full rights, but also strips us of complete authorship of the work. You don't even have to put our name on it. Mm -hmm. Like working for the mouse. Yeah. 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 If you have now the least rights you can want which will be very, very cheap, is I want to put it on this product. I don't care who else you sell it to. Uh -huh. All right, we're gonna go into why that's important later. I don't care who else you sell it to, you can sell it immediately to someone else. 
this is good because selling it to someone else is a way to get cheap art second rights yep second yeah second rights means it's a piece that we've already done most often at least a piece that we've Mm -hmm. already done the work for and you're just paying us for the license to use it so all of our all of our effort and everything is done already so you can get a much better deal on that. You mm-hmm. go to the websites, you look at the portfolio, the websites or the Facebook page, and say, hey, is that piece of art available? The artist nods their head and gets money for nothing. You give them a scan. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this works out for everybody. You yeah. get to print the piece, and you know you have rights for life of product, six and months or whatever. And it's easier on the artist, too, because yeah. yeah. they've already and done the creative work. head like this. Yeah. And it makes it feel good that somebody loves There's the back, product. Backlogs of <clears throat> hundreds of pieces. This is a safe way to use the artists on DeviantArt. This is a safe way to use the artists who are untried. Just buy a piece that they've already done. Yes. If, if you pay an artist to do artwork, say for a board game, could you put stipulations on the rights to it that says they could sell it for anything else, but just not another board game? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that's, I have that's more like that's first, common. Yeah. Usually, first, first. another not gaming. You know, gaming. They want it out of the gaming field. I'm working for mm-hmm. some place right. now. They say, I want all rights. No, I actually want all gaming rights. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know? I've done that a bunch yeah. of times. Okay, yeah. and you yeah. can sell for buy for sell for book thing. covers immediately. You know, it's like, oh, okay. I said I'll wait six months. No, you can sell it for a book cover immediately. I don't care. It's like yeah. okay, but they want all rights in that field. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ba- basically, yeah, you're you're giving them rights and not selling it to the direct competition. And you yeah. have to consider the length of the rights too. Yes. For second rights, uh, let's say a piece was produced for a card game, and you want to lease it f- uh, for an lease RPG. is a good word. Yes. Um, as part of that, can you also say, you know, I, I want to buy the rights for use in an RPG? But also, I don't want you to sell this to any other RPGs. Is that a, a more common practice? Or is yes, that you can have a common practice is I want all gaming rights. I want all gaming rights for the life of the product. I want all gaming rights for uh, a certain period of time. All my card art, even the ones with 10-year contracts, has expired. So it's all, oh, you know, so it's all available, hundreds and hundreds of pieces. They were like, oh, I want to have it for eight years. Okay, and now they say, they call back, oh, we have rights to that piece. No, you have no rights anymore. Nothing, period, end of sentence. Do <laughs> yep. Yes. For those time, mm-hmm. like for eight years, uh, is it sometime, would, would the original publisher, like the card game, come back? That was Doomtown. Can we extend yeah. that for another 10 years? They didn't want that. They, Doomtown came back to me, because I did like over 10% of the art for that game. And they come back and said, we have rights to those pieces. And I said, no, you have no rights to those pieces. You don't even have rights to the images of those characters. You have rights to the names of the characters, but not the images of the characters. And you have to pay me again if you want them. And they didn't want that. So the Doomtown reloaded, which is like tanking, because they don't have <laughs> the characters, which I did. Yeah, I mean, that's, so. that's pretty much just another fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas I could have nodded my head, collected some money, and everybody would have been happy. Mm-hmm. You have to consider that too. And don't pick a piece that's very famous. If you know the piece, 
other people will know the piece. Okay, so if you pick the cover of Dragon Magazine, know what you're getting into. Because many people will know that. So you want to pick more obscure pieces. You can also use a portion of the art. You don't have to use the whole piece. It's the same amount of rights and things, but yeah. Yeah. Second rights is a wonderful way to go for a new publisher. Less rights on um, your work, basically accepting less rights. I just, the cheapest is, I just want to use this piece. I don't care what you do with this piece. I just want to use it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be like, oh, you know, the stuff, reprints range from 25 to 150 bucks usually. So there's your price range. So you can just pick out really high quality work and based on um, what it's from, based on what you want to use it for, based on your rights, that's what the artist is going to say. If you buy a block of work, multiple pieces, you can probably get a lower price for use. Yes. Yeah, that's true. If, if you find work in a series that you really like, how likely is it that an artist will want to revisit that series of work and add in a few custom pieces that are maybe missing from that kind of series that you say, well, I like this series of these it depends on the artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. and that's that's a good uh, mm -hmm. a possible good approach for keeping a low budget too is to do some second rights and some first rights, mm -hmm. which is you have them create the image for you, but have the limited like you know not sell it to another game right. aspect to mm -hmm. the rights. Another way to keep yourself in a budget is plan way ahead. The longer the deadline the lower the price for yeah. mm -hmm. yes Me if too. you like good fast cheap pick two yeah yes if you want it yesterday mm -hmm. you know if you want it in six months that's going to be low because i can diddle on yeah. it between mm -hmm. other projects and i can do mm -hmm. you know high quality pieces just and have them sit there yeah. yes so I'm guessing that if someone were like, hey, I want this in five years, you would tell them to fuck off because they're obviously not serious. But like, what is kind of the longest amount of time until you start to hit either dimension that's, returns or Okay, that's not a stupid thing in the case of uh, high quality commission paintings. Okay. Yeah. All right? That's because I know uh, one art buyer who I'm on his list to he commissioned a painting, but like Fred Fields is doing one now for him, and it's been going for two years, and he doesn't want to do more than one. And between other projects, he works in this painting, and it's like freaking gorgeous. He's like, you know, <laughs> but it's this incredible high quality work, and he's just getting it because the deadline is whenever. Okay, but that's not a published work; sure. that's a commissioned work. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to consider when is your product coming out? Mm -hmm. When do you need it for the printing yeah. process? If you have some flexibility mm -hmm. on, on the product, like you know, pie in the sky mm -hmm. here, what's the longest amount of time before you hit diminishing returns or not being taken seriously? A year. A year. A year. Okay. Yeah, th that sounds about right. And if if you keep in contact with the artist it's, over it's time, not so bad. it's not mm -hmm. as bad. Yeah. Um, in that case. I would assume, but if, well, let's say that I contacted you and said, you know, I want this art, but I don't need it for a year, um, you would want a deposit to ensure that it's real so you can start You would want an now. agreement. Yeah. 
with okay. the artist. You want a, co a contract that they will show you a sketch, that they won't deviate from the sketch, that you will give them maybe a deposit, maybe on half, maybe on completion of the sketch, maybe when it's totally finished, yeah. maybe the rights won't transfer. It's between you and the artist. But you definitely, definitely need an agreement. I think this definitely gets into the topic of um, communication. You know, build a, build a build a friendship, especially if you got that much time and you're, and you're working on a project. Together. Mm -hmm. Build a friendship with them. Talk to them. You know, get them involved. There's nothing like inspires an artist to actually get involved in a project mm -hmm. if if you know you make them part of it. If you are not using second rights, yes, always, always ask for sketches. Yep. Always get an agreement that the artist will not deviate from the sketch and the description of the colors they're using before consulting you. Which is actually uh, mm -hmm. brings to another point. Like sketches are, I always send sketches because mm -hmm. I don't want to mm -hmm. double my work. Yeah. Um, but another point is on the opposite end of that, make sure that you, you if you, when you agree on a sketch, make sure you don't, if you change your mind later, that's going to be changes to my work. Oh, yeah. So in the sketch stage, not as big of a deal. Right. When I start uh, going into the more refined line work and the ink work, that's a big thing to change. Okay. If you have a sketch and you say, oh, can you move this person down a little? And it's like, oh, sure. Yeah. You know, if you have a painting and you say, can you move this person down a little? <laughs> it's like. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. And if, if, if the pose changes dramatically. That's the, if the if the pose of the character okay. changes. You have somebody like this, and you say, "Can I have somebody Why like this instead?" Yeah. I need to find new reference. I don't yeah. work from like the gods do not bless me to just draw people on the page. I need something to work so off. That of. goes back towards the medium mm -hmm. that the publisher wants to use because if they're using physical work like a painting, and then they realize later on it's not fitting on what they need and they need to change, then it's going to be more expensive but if they use digital it's easier to take well it looks that's not, not right it because will, it's easier but it looks like crap when you do it it could yeah yeah it, it usually the composition all paintings no matter whether they're digital mm -hmm. or traditional have a composition and a flow you want to see beautiful composition look at michelangelo they go back and forth like this if you take a person and move them down here it looks like Pfft. Yeah, you might have to do an. Mm -hmm. You like might, you have, might to have to redo thing. a quarter yeah. of the painting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, people think that uh, some people think that digital is quicker and easier. If you're doing a detailed, really <laughs> detailed painting, no, it takes just as many hours digitally as yeah. it does traditionally. It, yeah, um, it's, it's like I said, it's 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 its own medium sometimes. Yep. Yeah. The the biggest advantage of digital over traditional is like in Photoshop where you have different layers and you have separations of the, the elements of the art. That can save you a little bit of time mm -hmm. with changes, depending on how big the change is. But it's in general, it's still going to take a while. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Uh, sort of jumping into something you were talking about yesterday, but relevant to talking about the sketches you were just mentioning now, is you, know, you were talking about those thumbs to some rough sketches and then to line work and, and sort of giving you opportunities early in the process to make changes without incurring huge costs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you you just stated that that's usually how you work. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that something that we should expect from most artists that there's going to be a couple of stages, or is it something we should be actively like saying, I, I want these stages to make sure that I, you know I can 
you don't have to spend a ton of time before I can figure out whether we're going in the right direction. You should yeah. always ask for yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Most mo- most yeah. experienced artists are going to work that way. Yes. But, but some of the less experienced yeah. ones may not right. mm-hmm. know about that. And so, I mean, if you're asking for those sketches, is that is that increasing cost? No, 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 no. No, that's They're included. Expected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's an expected cost. It's basically us sending you part of our process right. that we're doing anyway. Okay, the other, another thing is be upfront with your budget. Sure. Don't, the artist is not going to say, uh, like, I'm taking all your art budget. Mm-hmm. You can say, I have an art budget of $2,000. Right. You know, I want you to do half the art, $1,000. What can you, you know, what can let's, you, what, yeah. let's talk about what can be done for this price. Now, if you're folding multiple paintings into a price, this is wonderful. This is more commission for the artist. The artist knows they're getting this much money mm-hmm. and you say, I have a product. I have repeat work. They're not going to screw you. You're a gaming, you people are assume are gaming companies. Gaming companies are good clients. Gaming companies are repeat business. The artist does not want to screw over the repeat business. Yes. Yep. They're going to be honest with you and say, I can give you this much color work, this much black and white work, I can do this many pieces, I can do this difficulty of pieces, I can give it to you in this time frame, you know. Yeah, and which brings in another point up is, if you're on a limited budget, which pieces are important? Yes, have them in order um, of importance. Cover, number one, because it's what's going to draw the person to look at it in the first place. Um, have them in order of what when you want them done too yes all right put them in an order I want this one first the second if you can do them in that order if they're important to you if the order is important to you have them in an order in case something happens you know the artist falls down a well you have something yeah and now cover is going to always be your most expensive piece Mm -hmm. but I mean that's something you can look for second rights of too but it's going to make second rights on a cover is going to make your product a little less distinct from no, others. Not at all. Well, I've, had, I've had a lot of I've gotten a lot of second right covers and nobody's noticed. People oh, nice. buy second mm. rights from me all the time. What do you think the shirt is second rights? You know, oh, nice. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Help! I need a cover tomorrow. You know, you know. a shirt tomorrow. <laughs> oh, let me put something on a print. And boom. <laughs> You know, so second rights is a good way to go for covers. People don't really notice it. I said the only caveat is if you recognize the piece, probably shouldn't use it. Oh, that's a good. That's a good yeah. way to. Yeah, if to you don't recognize the piece, yeah. How how do you kind of is are you entering a contractual relationship with an artist? When Absolutely. Absolutely, it's a formal contract. There are contracts online. It's a formal contract. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as I promise to give you these rights, have it done by this day, and show a sketch in this quality of work, and have the sketch approved, have the work approved. So and the right, the publisher I, I, agrees not to make changes after the sketch and pay on timely yeah. fashion, you know. At, yeah. At this point, I have a standard contract that I can mm-hmm. send out if the client doesn't want to send me one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want to send me one and I don't like it and I make changes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a li- back and forth yeah. type thing. Yeah, okay. the, the beginning of the process is usually a little back and forth about the contract. Mm-hmm. But I say remember with the contract, have your rights in it and ask for the least rights possible. The least rights possible with the better artists will get you a lower price. 
the most time possible and don't don't stint yourself on time if you need two months to get it in the book properly don't say oh I'll do it in one month because you won't you take all the time you need but make sure you think ahead and give the artist enough time to do the work yeah and you can always like if you if you say you wanted merchandising rights later, you can always go back to the artist and say, I want to buy mm -hmm. merchandising rights. You, oh, know, I, you don't yeah. have to do it all at once. I like this picture I used as an interior. Can I put it on the cover? I have some money. The artist is going to go like this. Bringing Did you have a question? Just a follow-up. Um, so what happens if in the case of whatever circumstances you can't meet a debt, you know, the, the artist has... I really can't meet this deadline or whatever. Just what happens to the contract? Do you have that written to the contract language? Yes, that, like, yes. The price changes or I don't know. You can right. have that you pay them for work done or something. That's what I'm trying. We're, we're all sitting yeah. here trying mm -hmm. to get you to avoid being in that situation. Right. Yeah. And, and it's important to remember that the contract helps both people. Mm -hmm. Sitting down and having a discussion about a contract helps both people. Mm -hmm to kind of solidify. You need approval of the sketch. You need the right to make changes in the sketch phase. You need to put down the dimensions you want the piece in. You don't want yeah. them, you know, this ratio. So the piece might be bigger, but it's in X ratio. Mm -hmm. So how do you work with people that have, do crowdfunding? Like Kickstarters, right? So in the Kickstarters, I've seen, um, you know, a bunch of art in page and maybe they don't get funded so what happens that i mean i get paid for what they did I they had me do beforehand yeah yeah i got paid i did a game here called affliction i did the art for affliction it went to kickstarter it passed but i was paid before it went to kickstarter and yeah. it's do actually doing well now so i'm you, happy usually the, that was it you know usually mm -hmm. the way kickstarters tend to work best for artists is to be commissioned for a certain amount of work mm -hmm. with the promise of more work with funding. Yes. That um, that's how, with Fire at Will, that's how it worked for me. Like, I did, uh, I was paid for a, a handful of pieces for it, and then the Kickstarter went up and it didn't fund. So, unfortunately, it didn't get completed, but there was other art that they had lined up for me to do should it fund. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, the no, the one I was talking about. The guy has a phenomenal DPH Games has a phenomenal yeah. track record with Kickstarters. I think he's missed one, so he was like pretty sure that the mm. game would fund. So he just paid me through. And Did you ever do a piece of like gross in lieu of? No. I when I've done that, the publisher has re basically reneged, not paid. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's not it's not worked very well. Yeah, well, especially with like smaller press. Okay, you promised me a portion of your gross profits. Well, your untried uh, publish your untried company. Mm -hmm. You don't have a you don't have a big following. Say you sell like a hundred games after the Kickstarter, or after whatever. That hundred games may just cover your cost of everything you put into it. But that's gross, he said. Oh, gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, of gross. Yeah. Um, but r regardless, it's a risk. It's a risk of doing work for no pay. Mm -hmm. the, best, the best thing to do in that case would be give the artist pay and promise them gross in addition. 
give the artist a sufficient minimal pay and promise gross. And they're not, not, not likely to do another product for you until they see some payment from the gross or yeah. if, you, if you fund. So that's a dangerous way for both parties to do business. Yeah, you're essentially getting some money up front, but I wouldn't do something like that for no money up front. No, no. No, it's like you might do it for a friend, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. like, yeah. ah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a close relative. <laughs> if I had any. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with with uh, deadlines and everything, another good point is to realize that everyone who comes up to me at this convention is going to try and get their game out for the same conventions, the, the, the same times of year. So if you're ahead of time and get at an off-peak time, I'm more likely to give you a better deal than someone who's making me rush. Oh. Or I might be not be able yeah. to do it at all if you come at a peak time. Or like I've gotten like in the last like quarter of this year, I've had so many offers, and I'm like I can't do these all at the same time. I, I can only handle so much. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about Gen Con next year, now you say I want this piece for that, not for the early cons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want Gen, you know, or Gen Con two years from now. I'm going to have art for this. I'm going to be thinking about publishing this game then. A lot of the publishers who are more successful have a line of games. And this one just jumped ahead because everything fell right for it. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, uh, the Metal Magic and Lore people stopped uh, doing things in time for conventions. Mm-hmm. They just, yeah. they, they would rather miss a convention time frame and have good art that had enough time to be worked on than have rushed art and meet yeah. their deadline. That looks like crap. Yeah, people are not going to buy your product if you put crappy art in it. That's why second rights is a wonderful way to go. If you absolutely have to get a product out for the, for the thing, second rights, you just pick up the artwork and put it in. Something there. And I say it's really the only safe way to work with people from deviant art or who you don't have recommendations from. Also, a quick note about deviant art. Remember, it is an international site. So when you do contracts, make sure you realize what country they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And all the normal copyright laws may not be exactly working Never. the same. Never. <laughs> Never. Japan. I, I just want to this question also. Remember, an artist is not going to put all their work on a site or something. If you like a piece, you can contact the artist and say, do you have anything else already that you've already done in this style or in this series that you've seen? Four, four pictures that you really like. You might have done 20. Mm-hmm. Several of them, like sure. Facebook, is pretty safe because the amount of pixels in the picture is not suitable for publication. You're going to get yeah, that doesn't stop some people though. Yeah, you're going to get pieces of crap <laughs> if they do that. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about bad product. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you bad product, and hey, I can sue you afterwards. You yeah, know, you just put my arm. <laughs> but yeah, I've had my work stolen, but very rarely, and not actually not in the last decade free websites have pretty much gone down. And everything is, I, I stopped worrying because everything is on Google Images anyway. Mm-hmm. Whether I want it to be, whether before I posted on Facebook, everything was up on Google Images. So I just put in my name and it's like, <laughs> so why not have a page and advertise my stuff? And people are going to come to me, can I have a better quality of this piece here? 
paintings are in files like covers, card paintings. He has series of paintings in files. You know, people organize their paintings that way. You can come to an artist and say, do you have any paintings of blah, blah, blah? And they'll send you some samples and say, do you like these? You know, that's a good way to go. What kind of products are you putting out? I'm not asking for specifics, but <laughs> in, gen in general, what? RPGs. RPGs. Mm -hmm. You put out fantasy or space or both? Uh, historical. Historical. So there you look for an artist who's done historicals previously. You don't want somebody who's untried with historicals. If you have, you know, if you have the soldiers in the tank game, you're not going to go to the fantasy artist or, you know, might go to the space artist, but they're going to need good reference. So you're looking for that type of artist. Mm -hmm. Abstract. Abstract. Well, yeah, that's not me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> me neither. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you want abstract, you go to an artist who's done abstract. You could probably get good second rights for abstracts. Because mm -hmm. okay, people do abstracts and they have no hope of selling them. So that's a good field, you know. Most of the people here work in the fan what I, I would call the fantasy science fiction genre. You get comic Board art. and card games and mostly abstract slash cartoon. Yeah, abstract cartoon is different than abstract could be the background of the cards. You want just these nice abstracts to put on the background and put your graphics over it. I understand what he's coming from, but abstracts you can get, you know, pretty cheaply or somebody to yeah. do them for you. Yeah, because yeah, they're m less specific, so they don't have as much of a, mm -hmm. a market, a direct mm -hmm. market. Right. Uh, another caveat. For the men in the audience who are using color art, uh, always a personal check to see if you're colorblind. If you are in any any form colorblind, get opinions from several women. Well, women are very rarely colorblind as to the meaning of colors. See if it looks well. See if you've got the correct colors on it. See if you've got the correct emotion from the colors on it because while it may not matter to you, it will matter to a lot of the other people in the world. See, make sure that the uh, title is visible on the colors you've chosen. Because it's... Can we talk about um, pricing structures? Certainly. Uh, how much to expect for, how much to expect to be charged for different kinds of art? Interior versus exterior, black and white versus color versus just inks. Mm -hmm. In, you can do it by the piece. And mm -hmm. black and whites, I found that the best pricing structure, I don't know if these gentlemen agree, I think so, is uh, I need this many black and whites and I have this much money. And you just go here and you give the list of black and whites. It's rather than do them piecemeal. You could do them piecemeal per piece, but the more pieces you give somebody, the lower the prices. Yeah, are yeah. That's yeah. generally how I work too. Yeah. So the lower, yeah. Mm -hmm. more I definitely pieces get you have. deals for multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple jobs. Um, and and time frame. Like mm -hmm. you know, you have nice time frames. Mm -hmm. The minimal oh. spot illustrations, depending on quality, ten to fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And on, on average, anything that uh, any black and white piece I do, it'll be double for color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my higher for color but well, yeah. for yeah. let me let me <laughs> double du double for 
uh, colored line art. Colored line art. Yeah, he's um, talking about fill in the line art. With paint, painterly stuff. It's really dependent on the detail because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and how complicated the piece is going to be. Painterly is a little harder to define. Easily. I will still give discounts for bulk color. Yeah, I will too. Uh huh. Yeah. Not for lo- not for short deadlines. I hate short yeah. deadlines. Yeah, short <laughs> deadlines just just puts a cramp on yeah. crazy. Sometimes I won't even take a short deadline. So mm-hmm. even even if I charge quite, I charge quite a bit more for rush. Mm-hmm. And often I don't even want to take them. I said good, fast, cheap pick too. You're gonna get mm-hmm. good, good and fast, not cheap. Good and cheap, not not fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the, yes. The, the, yes. Yeah. What they're talking about? There's this saying that you there's there's good, cheap, and fast. You can have yeah, you can have something that's good quality. You have something that's inexpensive, or you can have something that's fast. You can pick any two. You can't have all three. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get them that way. And you have to talk to the artist about what they consider fast. If yeah. they're doing nothing at the moment, you know, it might be a month. If, it, if they're doing something at the moment, it might be longer. Most people are honest. It's like, oh, my God, this month I'm not taking any yeah. more work, which is true for me. I'm not taking any more till December because of uh, the deadlines I already have. less of a problem now but um, <coughs> is, as an artist do you um, when you're selling to a publisher or to a game designer um, is there still today the going to the publisher and verifying what color scheme they can do or what printing type they can do for the art because there's certain art um, like a good example is a mono where the, pu- the printer had to be able to print in a uh, metallic ink as well because his art had so many metallics. Yeah, I know. He's mm. a, he's a, okay. Mm. Yes. He took a loss on his last art, but, but he didn't care. He made all the money. Yeah, he wanted to print it. So. He wanted to, uh, he made the money back. Art books only break even, really. Well, he yeah. lost a lot of money on a couple of his art books, but the fact that yeah. sometimes you need... He's also pr- prints and raised art, if I remember. Sometimes, He's, in, yeah. you know, in but, but I know that, that some, some printers can't do... Metallic. Most metallic. printers cannot do metallics. Do not get your art printed in metallics. Most printers do not want to deal... If you photograph and the art is like, oh, I did impressionistic things with the raised bumps and it actually has texture, you don't want to deal with that. You want to deal with flat art because people are going to take photographs, people are going to put it on a scan bed, anything with bumps is going to ruin your art. So, metal- uh, Somebody who deals in metallics, I have, I have several words I won't repeat in polite company, but I think that people <laughs> work in metallics. Well, it's just probably because some, some mm-hmm. printers, like if you, if you have a, a vision of what you want on your cover or something like, uh, White Wolf number of covers had a lot. Yeah, I have an opinions on White Wolf too. Women can't draw werewolves, I was told. Oh. I had to go under my art director's name to paint the werewolves. It's a very specific thing for women to not be able to draw. Yeah. (laughs) Women can't draw werewolves. It's like, all right, I have to draw them (laughs) under my art director's name. (laughs) Um, Yeah, especially if you're going for cheap. 
no fancy foils or covers. I mean, I personally can't stand all the foil fancy covers because, you know, if the art is done well, you don't you need don't any need fancy printing or anything like cheap. that. You want sheets. Don't no no metallics. Okay, metallics are appropriate in a painting when it's a commission, and the person doesn't want it reproduced properly. They only want to own that one copy, and they want nobody else to have an exact copy. Jeff Easley puts metallics on his murals and commissions so that the person who owns it uh, has the only true copy of it. Yeah, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. That's not really what we're discussing here today. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen so many things doing that. I mean, it may, it may be a good idea to find something from the people you're getting it printed at as a quality test. Because okay. that's a good idea because you want to know your... You're paying for this lovely artwork here, which isn't the lovely artwork, but you're paying for this artwork. Why would you put a huge foil letter on top? You want people to see that artwork that you've been paying yeah. for. You want the people to know the product with the name and look at the artwork because that's what's going to cause them yeah. to pick up your product or click on your yeah. product or put into uh, the Kickstarter. I, so what not to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would definitely check out different print houses before... Mm-hmm. While you're figuring out your budget, because different print houses will cost a different price, and you know the cheaper—I mean, you never know—the cheaper one might actually be better quality. Weird things have happened. Do not but approach an artist till you know your printing budget and your printer. Yes. Just a, just a quick comment. That was helpful. Um, I buy printing for the state of New Jersey, and we regularly send things out to bid, and the, the variation of prices that we get. We'll get maybe five or six people who will, re- you know, companies that will respond. And it's not uncommon to have one bid come in at 2500 the very next closest to be 3000 and then it just step all the way up to tw- twice the price of the lowest bidder. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you always want to take a look and find out perhaps why that lowest bidder is so so low because it, there can be quality issues or timing issues. Yeah. Or it might just be that they don't have any work at the time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you really want to look at your options. Yeah, and, it, uh, and get more than one bid for these things. Yeah, the lowest bid. Want a, a demo of the quality before he Yeah, that yeah. that um, for the most part, um, the the shrinkage in the printing industries that had took place because of desktop publishing and everybody in the world being able to print four color stuff right at home has really left for the most part, got rid of all the small print shops out there. And what's left tends to be quality printing. But yeah, you do want to see that. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. n- yeah, never never trust it. Just always see it. <laughs> um, printers. Yeah, printers don't grow on tweet trees. They swing yeah. from them. But they, these are my friends I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so just... You Wait, know, how do I have a question. Oh, yeah, so I have uh, friends who only, who only done commission work before. Is there a rule of thumb for how much, like, as a percentage you would charge for certain different types of rights? Uh, as I said, it's, there's it's not a rule of thumb. You, you missed that. Okay, if you want all rights to the piece, total, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. If you want, basically, I'm going to use this piece, and you can do what you want with this piece, that drops the price dramatically. Um, if they've sold it. Time if to bring out my sign again. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a great book called The Graphic Artist yeah. Guild Pricing and Ethical Guidelines. Mm-hmm. They basically 
um, survey artists throughout the the world and get the mean prices of what people charge for different things and they publish it every four or five years depending on um, so it has all that information for different industries different market levels different um, different uh, mass mar like mass market versus small press they have mm -hmm. all that difference mm -hmm. in there and on top of that they have explanations of all the different types of rights in there um, and like a lot of just back information of it's a great all resource the, yeah just for the different types of rights that are available mm -hmm. don't pick any more than you need Graphic Artist Guild Pricing and Ethical Guidelines. Mm -hmm. I'll just okay. write it on this whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Thank you. Do you mind if I erase oh, your please do. figures? Oh, please do. I missed that. When did you, oh, did you do that demonstration? When I was bored and not hoping yeah, it, it's a good resource for, for understanding all the terminology and everything like that as well. And just get the newest one that's out. Mm -hmm. I think the newest one right now is from probably like 2012, 2013. It's not, gonna be, it's not going to go out of date if you don't have the right. newest one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You'll understand the types of rights available are the same types of available. The pricing structure will be about the same pricing structure. It won't be too and far. You, you can actually find some of them at the library, mm -hmm. too. Like, you, if you want to look at them and see what oh, they that's are, true. go yeah, to the library. So and summarizing. That's true. It's not a cheap yeah. book. Yeah. It's like yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah. Cheap <laughs> rights. Cheap, uh, basically. Yeah. Ah. Oh, nice. Oh. Cool. Low rights. Basically taking the least rights you need. Mm -hmm. Using second rights. Yep. Not using the color where black and white will do. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And hiring artists to do a group of pictures rather than single images. If you basically you'll get a bulk rate and long deadlines if you yes. can manage it. And be very, very clear about what you want and very specific before they do the sketch. You know, I think too, uh, giving a, a period of time and you do the sketching and it, it mm -hmm. really gives you a chance to like, to go back and forth with the artist and right. yourself to kind of make sure that that's what the product you want. If you're going to be, however, there's, a, there's too much back and forth. You can say, oh, can you move them over a little bit? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit more. You know, the artist is not going to want to work with you if mm -hmm. you don't have a yeah. clear idea of where you want it. Yeah. You get the sketch, make changes there. Yeah. Don't make two or three sets of changes. You look very indecisive to the artist. and. Especially with things that are questions about the composition or the setup of the piece, mm -hmm. respond quickly. Because the quicker you respond, the quicker they get back working on it. Um, I had a set of pieces and I had some questions about the things and the, a fellow responded very promptly at the gaming company and he just answered all the questions. I said, I'd like to do this in this picture or I had a question, what do you mean by this or where do you want this? And he answered all the questions very quickly and accurately. Um, mm -hmm. I came in late here, so I don't know. I'm taking it that you are an artist. We were all artists. We're all artists. Um, just a question because being something of a printer and, and having some in design, Photoshop, Illustrator type skills myself. At times when I've worked with artists, um, you know, and this is just 
at the starting in this respect and you know doing some Kickstarter stuff along the way. I've taken the artwork that I've got from them, and there is a you know a correction period mm -hmm. in there. And what I have done was at times I've I've gone and taken what they sent me as a rough and really quick with Photoshop played, moved a little stuff around, and then sent that back to them. Now that's worked well for the one artist that I dealt with. But as a whole, is that better than just trying to describe it, or how advantageous? Um, oh, you mean for the artist to change it, so like to, in that when manner. they look at it, when, yeah. when right, you right. when you so your feedback. Saying, can you move his arm to the left a little bit right. and put this thing in his arm? And what I'll do is I'll actually take it in Photoshop, break the card card, <laughs> and shrink his arm, yeah. move his arm, and do something like that, and then right from. You know, Google images or whatever, get the thing and put it in his hand. On the final that painting, helpful? that's going to be difficult to yeah. do. You should do that yeah. in the sketch. The yeah. sketch right, right. That's in the early so, stages, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just yeah, that, if that's I'm putting effort in that I don't need to, um, or is that really helpful to you? To guys? me, that's how good are you describing things with word versus pictures. Right. Um, okay. If it's easier for you to use a picture and send it to me, that's fine because it's just more blatant as to what you want. Mm -hmm. uh, a good example of that is I've done a lot of game boards and map art, and the, the like. A lot of the components of the map move all around, and he started listing all these things to me, and it was taking me forever because there's like 200 different little things on the map, and then he just started like printing it out and marking it up by hand, and that made it the process ten mm -hmm. times faster. Yeah, during yeah. during at that during that stage, I, I definitely think that's very okay, helpful. Okay, yeah, I've gotten instructions from an right. art director saying like beautiful face here. That's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and let's face it, most artists are visual anyway. Yes, so visual yeah. is good. yeah, visual is so much better sometimes mm -hmm. than words. <laughs> okay, so right. I'm gathering we're about out of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you need to talk to any of us, uh, I know we'll Liz, Lizanne will be walking around. Yeah, the we'll time. be right out. We can uh, right outside. Scott and I both have artist tables mm -hmm. out by the waterfall. You can always come up and talk to us. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it is insulting to see a Kickstarter go up and and say, "Oh, I can't pay you for this." And then put up a twelve thousand dollar printing cost Kickstarter. Yeah. And I'm like, well, add the cost of the art in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.